0: That the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's- Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC and Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week, please welcome Missy Higgins. Yeah. And our panel, Jean Kipson, Tommy Dean and Tahir. Yeah. And our audience this week from the Central Coast, Suffolk Park, Laidley, Glenbrook, Wollongong and Barrel! But first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. Why is modern packaging so hard to break into? Once on a Qantas flight, I had a battle with a packet of peanuts most of the way from Sydney to Melbourne, and the packet won. Most of Australia's dental injuries, I now think, are suffered by people attempting to gnaw their way into a bag of burger rings or breach the security cordon that is a Tim Tams packet. There are bank safes easier to get into than your average Tim Tam packet, You huff and puff pulling outwards on the sides, only to be repelled. You then try tearing in from above a frantic battle during which the packet itself, remarkably enough, appears to fight back. In the end, you have no option but to attack the thing with your teeth, trying to subdue it, Mike Tyson style. If they really wanted to protect the green zone in Kabul, they'd get Arnott's in. (laughs) It's worse with drinks. Have you tried the daily fight to get orange juice out of the Tetra Pak carton and into a glass? There's this silver foil thing you have to pull off with one hand while squeezing on the carton with your other hand just to hold it steady. These two actions, sensible in themselves... A disastrous in combination, especially since you tend to squeeze harder just as you wriggle the foil free. The result is a sudden geyser of juice that erupts from the carton covering every nearby surface. In some cases, a small amount of juice will be left in the container. And once you've toweled off your hair, mopped the floor, laundered all your clothing... You may like to pour it into your glass. Even copies of the newspaper, when home delivered, now come wrapped in a way designed to repel all comers. Have you experienced this? Like a newcomer to Braille, the householder fondles his newspaper, eyes closed, his fingertips feathering the plastic, trying to identify the microscopically tiny ridge that marks the entry point. There are ASIO documents with easier access. In the end, you scratch and rip the plastic like a deranged rodent. (laughs) All would be fine were it not for the exponential rise in the amount of packaging. Next week, the ABC on TV and radio starts a three-week focus on waste. Now, I'd like them to start with the supermarkets and the way they now triple wrap everything on the shelves. The latest is the Humble Iceberg Lettuce which now comes in its own plastic bag. Who knows why? Hilariously, the organic section is the most enthusiastic in wrapping, with every single item swathed in plastic. People presumably don't trust that it really is organic unless it's wrapped in its own weight in petrochemicals. Give the supermarkets half a chance and they'll be serving each zucchini in its own presentation box, nestled atop a bed of crushed velvet. Or presented like cigars in little metal tubes (laughs) with a built-in humidifier. Why can't we just take pleasure in the packaging provided by nature? If bananas were grown nude, you can imagine someone inventing a form of packaging called the banana skin. (laughs) It protects the banana inside, the inventors would tell an astonished Nobel Prize committee. It's firm to the touch and possesses a unique cellular structure that allows the fruit to continue its process of ripening while still in the banana skin wrapping, all there in the fruit bowl. Even more remarkable, this outer techno skin changes colour from green to yellow to indicate when the fruit is ripe and ready to eat. Even better, it can be discarded and then used as a prop in stand, stand, uh, in, slap, in slapstick comedy. All these things in the real product, the real thing that nature gave us. But my latest uh, purchase, by the way, is a pair of scissors, which came encased in a tamper-proof plastic container. And on the back were instructions explaining that the thing should be opened using a pair of scissors.
1: <laughs> there must
0: be, this must be some sort of ultimate in packaging to open the product You need the very thing that your purchase of the product indicates you do not possess. Is there no progress to report in the whole area of packaging? Well, perhaps a little. With the new screw caps on wine bottles, at least the Shiraz is quicker to get into. (laughs) And that's the news from nowhere.
2: Uh, Gene, Tommy, Tahir. Yeah, the other one I like, Richard, uh, seems to be the same irony is, and I don't know if I'm just uh, particularly unlucky, but uh, the pull ring on the tin can, the can of beans or the can Comes of corn. Off. just It pops off. Yeah. And it seems to be, because what I worked out is, because I'm so used to them popping off, uh, I've gone straight to get my—I uh, don't know what the the word is for it. The, you know, I think they used to call them the can magic o- can opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the one that comes from the side cuts it off from the side, yeah. as opposed from straight down. Wow. Uh, but if you try to do that with the ring pull still attached, it won't work. Yeah, because it gets in the way. Yeah. So I think it's nice if the ring pull pops off, just gets out of the way. Just to remind you now, go get the can opener. Mm. <laughs> That's what the little pop. But
0: Tony, I don't mean to be mean about you as an American, but if you're unable to get into cans, how have you been eating?
2: <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> That's exactly my point.
3: You know you can turn the can upside down. No, Thank you. Thank you very well, much. That I, a lot of thought. I
2: did, but I noticed there was no ring pull on that side. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense.
0: Let's, uh, let's <laughs> check you are up with this week's news. Who Who this week was was banking on people thinking, ah, oh, they're all bastards anyway. <laughs> oh, who, who was banking?
3: This, I cannot, sir, so me, me. I, this would be the budget and this is where Scott Morrison got into the bank's petty cash <laughs> and we, it made us so happy. <laughs> Didn't it cheer us all up <laughs> until we realised that it's actually our money? Because <laughs> the banks don't have any of their own money. And then and then and then that was really fun and 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 funny and now um, and then we thought, oh well the banks what the banks will do next is they'll keep even more of our money so that they can pay their bonuses. So but anyway, it was good while it lasted. How long
0: know. did it last? How long did the delusion last that Scott Morrison was a genius?
3: Oh okay. <laughs> Well the other thing about the banks that caused a laugh was when the CEO of the NAB Bank, he said that this tax will make the banks less competitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. There as competitive as McDonald's outlets. <laughs>
0: and we all said, no, stop, too stop. much. You're killing me. You're
3: killing me. I know, I know. I don't know what they compete in, the banks. Maybe uh, the fine print. Mm. Who can make a fine?
0: Scott Morrison's counting on the fact that if you kick the banks, everyone will be secretly happy because we all hate them anyway.
4: Yeah, well, th- this is true. Uh, there's no denying that. But uh, I-, I love when Anna Bly, the uh, you know, CEO of the Bankers Association, she started speaking up and, remember remember her? Yeah. Remember when she was Premier of Queensland yeah. and she was talking down the banks? Yeah. All of a sudden now she wants to talk it up. I don't understand. Like she goes, oh, and then I just can't help but when I listen to it and I listen to the news and she goes, oh, the ba- nobody feels sorry for me, not even the shareholders. I don't understand. And there's a couple of things. The bankers, we all know, is one letter away from what we're all thinking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clankers. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And what I understand is, like, I don't understand the whole banking system. I'm, they call me naive or whatever, but the Reserve Bank its involved. I don't even understand the Reserve Bank. They're not even a real bank,
2: right? They're the Reserve. That's right. They're Put him not... in the game, coach. Put him in the game. Exactly. They're not even on the field. They're on the bench. Stay out of it.
4: Right, that's my point.
0: <laughs> so Philip Lowe's on the bench. <laughs>
2: Dankers. Is it Dankers? Tankers? Close, close, close. Hankers. Hankers. Hankers? They, they use so many...
3: D- tankers.
2: No, close. Shut but I can't...
4: At the end... Lankers? Be the lankers? End. <laughs> tankers! Tankers! Tankers
2: of money! But they, we all know they'll get, uh, they'll get their money back.
4: They'll get their money back. Do,
2: I know, and I've already seen it. I know how it's going to happen to here. How? They're already claiming... They have a picture of Scott Morrison now on certain ATMs. Have you seen... Like, he comes up. He used to be a pretty girl... Uh, trying to walk you through the ATM process. Mm. Now it's uh, you put it in, especially if you use a card that's not your bank's ATM. Mm-hmm. So they always put up a little message. Uh, used to say, uh, to continue with the transaction, uh, we're going to charge you $2. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? But now it's a picture of Scott Morrison, and it says $1 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to continue with this transaction? And <laughs> you have to. You have to. <laughs> well, I mean, I need the 20 bucks.
4: What about when you walk I mean, into a bank and they give you that weird look? They go, what are you doing here? It's like internet banking, get out yeah. So here
2: This is you I'm <laughs> oh, sorry okay. My favourite, My favorite. and this is a weird one to have But I, I like to play uh, pinball uh, So to play pinball You need two dollar coins So uh, what I will do on occasion is just uh, go into a bank And uh, give them fifty dollars And ask them for fifty dollars in two dollar coins Which, I'll do the math for you Twenty-five of them mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, And they and They you have to fill in forms. <laughs> Do you? No. Yeah, fill really? in a form. Really? Yeah, I fill in a form. Got to prove that you're a member of the bank. <laughs> uh, and They're then charged. and then they give you 24. <laughs> no. Well, they charge you. No, no, I no, not I didn't make that last part. No, of you that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh.
2: It was part of the $2 joke. I was
1: <laughs> ready to be outraged. I had
3: outraged. I was getting outraged. But, that,
2: but the rest of it's true. Like, you have to fill in a form, say fill you want to trade. It's, like it's a big deal to just trade money for the exact same amount of money.
3: Oh, really? I know. I know. It's weird. That's so anyway. weird because my daughter t- takes her tip jar in. You know, she puts all the tips from the hotel into a tip jar and then takes that in. But she's never talked about forms, but that could be... Hmm. So She probably does have to fill out forms. But she's probably she's used to it now because she's 19.
0: The only tip she's ever got is be kind to your mother. Be kind. Yeah. To her. <laughs> they're, they're, not willing, they're not willing to convert that into money. <laughs> okay. That's the problem. Um, now, who said, who said niet to the person investigating him? Well, this is a trick question.
2: Uh, This is a trick question, uh, because obviously we're talking about the President of the United States. (laughs) Again. I I know, you can't say it together and not laugh, can you? What's what's his
0: name and his title, Tommy? (laughs) Say it, Tommy, say it. (laughs) Come on, Tommy. I know,
2: Donald Trump, the President (laughs) of the United States. Your President. The DOTUS. Uh, it uh, it's, uh, it's still shocks him. And... Anyway, the point of the matter is uh, he uh, he, fi- <laughs> <laughs> he fired the director of the FBI. Uh, yeah, which is, uh, you know, of all the things that he's done so far, I, I rank this as nearly the craziest. Because everything else, everything else he had a, he had a story for. Uh, but this one, hey, you know, just, just it was so directly blatant. Hey, that's the guy that's always on TV, almost as much as me, and he wants to find out if I'm in bed with Russia. Get him out! <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell him
0: it's about something else. Anything else? Doesn't matter what it's for. Well, he he says it's a, he doesn't appreciate the way he investigated Hillary Clinton. He said he did it all wrong.
2: Yeah, he did. Right after he, for the entire back end of the campaign, said, How awesome is that FBI director? He's so awesome, that guy. So awesome. That guy's great. But, uh, the whole back end of the campaign brought Hillary to task. Well done, FBI. Finally, the FBI as a function, we I mean, have a bureau worth working again. Those guys are amazing. James Comey is amazing.
4: But I, I love it. I love his tactic. I, I'm, I'm a big supporter on this one. Because days before being fired, Comey had asked for more resources for the Russian inquiry. But his mistake was he actually asked the Russians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> obviously, the, the Comey operation was getting... It was breaking down the neck of Trump and... Um, and I love this. When somebody gets really close to you or, or about to expose you, sack them. I love that. We should do, I wish we could do that. We just, I wish we had that function. Taxation department ringing up. Really getting close on some of your claims. You're sacked, right? You're at the airport. Someone gets, you know, you've got some dodgy stuff in your bag. They come to search it. I'm not saying this happened to me, yeah. right?
0: And, and if, it right? It did, it was just, if it did, it was just a pineapple. <laughs> by,
4: by the way, on that note, by the way, on that note, Richard, I, recently I did order 18 sets of headphones... Uh, <laughs> from Columbia and I'm not sure I haven't got him I'm not sure what's going
2: on um. but it's one thing to sack him but again it, to me it just, just comes scared. back to the excuse you know what I think What he would have even been better instead of blaming Hillary's emails which is blatantly stupid what he should have said and it would have been much more in character he said you know what the problem with Comey is and why he has to go because he keeps spending money I've been watching that documentary The X-Files that is a waste a waste <laughs> of FBI funds get them out of here <laughs>
3: Well, I think it's a bit complicated. He's sexy head of the FBI and but it doesn't stop people investigating him, you see. Because he the Senate a Senate committee is investigating him, the CIA is investigating him, the NSA is investigating him, and mind you, they all turn up at the Senate and say, I've got nothing. So but Mr Comey wanted to go right on investigating him. So I'm with you on that. He wanted to go right on investigating him, which is fair enough because that's because that's what the I in FBI is. Mm. investigating mm. so but even yeah is even though a, the fbi yeah, claimed that the mafia didn't exist for 50 years and they're still working on the kennedy assassination <laughs> but however so this is a bloke who burst into the election saying he was investigating Hillary and then he burst in saying he was and then he burst in saying he was investigating Donald, then he was and then he was and mainly I think he got sacked because he keeps on interrupting and I think <laughs> President Trump finally decided there is, there is only one space, there is only space for one rampaging rhino who keeps interrupting and making everyone nervous and that is going to be him.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so he got rid of Comey. That's how I think it works.
4: And his name, one letter again from comedy. He's also
2: going to uh, fire the head of CSI Miami. (laughs) 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 And NCIS Los Angeles. That's got to go.
1: Got to go. Got to
2: go.
3: You know, Uh, if he's got Russian friends, why doesn't he ask the Russians about how you have a not-so-secret police? Because why does the FBI always have FBI in huge letters on their (laughs) vests? Isn't that weird? (laughs) Doing something,
0: you know, quietly. Yeah. Now, last question from this week's news: who, who believes our politicians are not only mighty but high and mighty? This is a story of uh,
4: Jackie Lambie, yep. who, um, yep. Yep. Who, who suggested that the uh, <laughs> all the politicians get uh, random, is it randomly drug tested. I think it was yeah. randomly drug tested. Yeah. I think. Uh, excuse me, because she, she was claiming a lot of politicians are also very, very high. So, well, this but, was her
0: reaction to the yeah. fact that uh, in the budget it mm. says that a drug, uh, that welfare recipients welfare, should be yep. randomly drug tested and if they, yeah. you know...
4: And she said the politicians should be because they're also on drugs. And, excuse me, Jack Lambie, do you really think you're exposing a story here? Oh, my God, like, we didn't know the politicians on drugs. Of course, everybody knew that. How else can you explain their behaviour, right? <laughs> the outlandish pay rises, the shouting and screaming in Parliament, the helicopter rides to certain events. You know what I mean? Um, of course, they're abusing substances. My God, I would love to see random uh, drug testing on politicians, right? I would love to see this, but happen live in Parliament <laughs> for our entertainment, right? So, you know, the so member. So, what
3: is it to be? A urine test? Yeah, something?
4: the member of Belong is now doing a urine test. <laughs> And there's objection to the house. Quiet, please, quiet. The member of Blackson, please wipe the wipe substance off your face. All that sort of stuff. By the way, who is the member of Blackson? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, okay. I, I, <laughs> I hope we don't get in trouble. usually
2: used to be Paul Keating, but I don't know who it is
4: now. I just picked that randomly, but I hope we don't get in trouble. What's
2: the name of the guy with the black rod? Is it called the Keating? Yeah, the, 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 yeah. What's it called? No, no, the bearer of the black rod. The bearer of the black rod. Right, that'll just be like a giant joint. Come into Parliament with that thing flaming. That'd be
3: sweet. I think it's possibly true, you know, that um, as Prime Minister Malcolm uh, Turnbull might have be, he behaved like he was still smoking the stuff for a long. You know, he had this. He wandered around with this secret smile. Very mellow. He forgot to turn up for the election. But uh, I think lately he might have trousered the bong because he's actually making statements that are whole sentences now. So that's nice. But
2: it goes back before him because Tony Abbott, he obviously clearly had the munchies so bad he was just grabbing onions.
0: <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Jim Kitts and Tommy Dean and Tahir are here. Now, it is um, Mother's Day on Sunday In what ways has your mother's personality and actions created the person you are today? Jean Kitson.
3: Oh. My mother is just the most amazing woman. She's 92 now and she uh, really was... She's my role model still, the way she behaves and how she thinks and speaks. and But she growing up, she was a feminist. She had to leave school when she was 13 during the Depression and then she could either go into domestic services or go to secretarial college. So she went to secretarial college and then from then she just sort of is self-taught and, and after the war she went by herself overseas on a five-pound ticket and travelled for two years around Europe and England doing jobs she never kept quite gets around to describing and
0: uh, well she only had five pounds
3: (laughs) a girl has to do what a girl has to do I think think it was more to do with military intelligence actually (laughs) and then she married a man she met on the boat coming back my dad and um and she was 32 when she got married really well past it in those days and my dad was younger he was two years younger. Roy, the toy boy, he's <laughs> he's still two years younger, and um and mum always an early member of the women's electoral lobby, so she was a feminist, and she um and she couldn't cook and she couldn't sew, and um... so that's
0: when you say you model yourself on her. Yes, own.
3: exactly. And she always had a job, right? So all the other mothers of my friends sewed and cooked and and um, stayed at home, but my mum was always striking a blow against domesticity. And she tried to cook when she married my dad, to be nice. She cooked a chocolate cake and he nailed it to the kitchen wall.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and she never cooked again. And she tried to sew once, because when I was like 12 I had these bikinis and they were they met in the middle, so they weren't really bikinis. And so mum said oh okay, I know what I'll do. I'll just cut off the top of the bottom piece and fold it down and put the elastic back in and then you'll have a gap, you know, between the top But and she the was bottom. trying
0: to turn a one piece into a bikini.
3: No, well it, it was a two piece but they were so high they met (laughs) so they were two pieces but when I put them on the bottoms came right up to the top (laughs) so in the morning she triumphantly gave me my bottoms to try on and instead of cutting off the top and rolling it down she'd cut off one of the legs and rolled it in and I was half in and half out of my first bikinis, which was illegal at that age (laughs) And she, um, and she, she always, she didn't like... She railed against being a mother in a way. She was well. She it's she recoiled from motherhood, especially around her children. Um, she couldn't. My mum couldn't stand the sight of blood or poo or wee or vomit. And if we pooed or weed or vomited, my mum would vomit. <laughs> if we came off our bikes and you know had bones poking through our legs, my mum would run away screaming into the paddocks, and she'd call my dad who'd come home from work and sew us up. And when we sh- cried, she'd cry more to make a stop. <laughs> and then consequently, as a sort of as 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 a consequence of her activist neglect, we all learnt that um, you know, men could also cook and clean and sew and nurse and nurture and they were very good at it. And Mum never let the boys and girls in our family ever once think we had specific gender roles, you know. We just all did everything. And she always insisted on an education for all, especially girls, especially women. She said, education and money give you freedom. And um, so, yeah. What's so her my name? Mo- What's her name? My mum's yeah. name, Elaine.
0: Well, good on Elaine. Yeah, she's Elaine. amazing. Elaine!
3: Yeah. I love you, Mum. She'll be asleep by now, but I love you, Mum. I'm seeing her on Sunday. Yeah, Dad's that- cooking, which is... I, I just love that. <laughs> Great,
0: actually.
4: I just love that, Jean. So she sees vomit, then adds further vomit to it. Uh, oh, yeah.
3: That is
0: brilliant. Like- <laughs> Tahir, so how did your mother make you the man you are today? Well,
4: my, my mum is of uh, Turkish background, so we migrated here in the 70s, um, and she's a bit of a risk taker. And it uh, tries anything, so especially in supermarkets with new products. So she, she, would give, she would go supermarket shopping with limited English and just shove anything into the basket, <laughs> whatever's new, uh, product you haven't seen before. You've got to remember, she's a migrant from Turkey at that stage, and so she'd bring home stuff like porridge. We, we didn't know what it was.
1: <laughs>
2: Should be told, nobody does. Nobody does.
4: <laughs> in the bowl it goes, we just ate it without... Right. It wasn't the best thing, I'd admit it to you. Like, I, I...
0: Now you understand why Scotsmen are so <laughs> depressed looking.
2: And why they wear a kilt.
0: <laughs> so as a result, I have this urge to try new
4: products. I really do. So it doesn't matter what it is. Like oh, Kit Kats have come in with mint flavour. I'm going to try it, right? Mm-hmm. Just going to have a go. Um, I can't remake chocolate in different shapes. i have got to try it, even though it's just so chocolate. And mum, being of ethnic origin, growing up with four kids, stockpiled everything. Right, She would stockpile everything. Our garage was like a 7-Eleven, basically. Right? Um, she was the original doomsday prepper. So if anything happened, we were safe for months and months. Um, so as a consequence, this is, this is true also, my idea of shopping is to buy a year's supply of toilet paper in one go and just think, just go there, buy in bulk. I love Costco.
2: <laughs> that is difficult math to do, by the way. How do you work out exactly what a year's supply of toilet paper is? <laughs>
4: Depends on your cooking.
2: I'm just saying with the porridge. How are you ahead of Mother's Day, your mother's child? Tommy Dean. Uh, She was a beautiful woman. Uh, There is, uh, just so we're clear, there is Comedy Mom, who is the one that I talk about uh, in comedy the most. Uh, She is uh, not as... Uh, real is real, mom. <laughs> it was crazier, and therefore harder to understand. <laughs> uh, see, what I, what I, if i had to, like nail it down to the points. Uh, one is promptness. Hmm. She never. Oh, she. Oh, she hated being late, and my dad did not care <laughs> what the clock said. Uh, some of the greatest fights that I ever witnessed between my parents uh, were always about the clock. Always about the clock. Uh, mom's statement was: If you are five minutes early, you are ten minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again five, If you are five minutes early You are ten minutes late <laughs> Fifteen minutes That was her thing man You are always there Fifteen minutes So I am always on time I have never been late For anything ever Because of that I am always right there uh, So that's and, the main thing And Tommy you did
4: say Like what your You, you know your mum said Something about well, what, She didn't care What a, the clock said
2: no, I mean, always about the clock. again, just
4: one letter away. It's my one little thing. <laughs> Rock?
2: No, no, don't worry about it. Rock. Sorry, move on, move on. Sock? <laughs> I love this game, Ty here. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Lock!
4: <laughs> it's a lock! Again, lock after, after, cooking. Six, after six, the answer will be revealed.
2: <laughs> but my, uh, my, uh, my love of the kitchen is certainly born of her. Like, my dad uh, was the opposite. My dad uh, could boil water, but he didn't know to what end. <laughs> <laughs> like if he had to boil water, he could do it, but he didn't want to do with it afterwards. Uh, but uh, so everything. My mom was the kind of mom. We always had some sort of dessert. Uh, there was a cake or a bucket of cookies or some sort of slice or bar. Or there was always something uh, in Tupperware on the thing. Uh, there was a horrible time in the mid '80s when she thought the microwave was going to change the world. Um, we ate a lot of bacon. <laughs> that, that was or shingles it was hard to know the difference once they had been microwaved at that level um, but to be fair uh, she also uh, the, what, she cooked a lot so I loved being in the kitchen but I also learned from her example uh, we talked about this earlier uh, she made a lot of things that came out of boxes and cans and she was, a, she was very adept she was more like an alchemist she could combine cans and boxes of prepackaged food and make it seem like something else um, certainly not food yeah but that has inspired me And I never, she came out here, she came out here years ago, and we went shopping to make dinner, and you know, the first section in in all the stores here is the fruit and vegetable department, and I turned and went straight into the fruit and vegetable department, she said, why are you going in there? (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we come to get the stuff for dinner? (laughs) You said you are going to cook. (laughs) Not garden. (laughs) What are you doing? And then began your can
4: opening problems.
2: And also, I think if anything, and I see this a lot with my kids, we weren't a very huggy "I love you" family. Uh, so, in some ways, I wouldn't call it rebelling, but you know, it's, I, you know, I recognize that, and so we try to instill that more at home with our children. Uh, but at the same time, there was a certain uh, joy in always just knowing there was a certain tough love. Is that, tough love is not the word I want. Tough love inspires that they're you know they love you through meanness. They weren't mean, but she was stern, and you just learn that some things just have consequences, and that's just the way it is, and it's too bad. It's too bad. Like when I, you know, when I had, a, I had a, a childhood disease where I was paralyzed uh, for a couple of years when I was seven to nine and she had to carry me everywhere and just that sort of dedication and she never complained about it. She never whined about it. Um, and then years later talking to her about it, she just, you know, classic country woman, you know, just, you had to get down the stairs. It was just the only way it was going to happen. Well, so, I, love,
0: I love your story, Tommy. I hope you don't mind me getting you to tell it when you're in the wheelchair and, uh, and you've,
2: you've, you've brought, in, exactly, some, it's a you've brought in some
0: dirt from outside. Yeah, no, I'm
2: glad. We, lived, we lived on a farm. We lived with my grandmother for a while on a dairy farm. And uh, so there cattle in the paddocks all the time. And my, I was in a wheelchair. And my brothers would take me out and push me around in the paddock. And, of course, inevitably, you would get cow poop on the wheels of the, of the wheelchair. And when they, they'd bring me in the house and I would track this onto the floor of the house. So my mom, trying to keep everything even and not make me seem more or less than any of my other brothers, uh, when she came home from work and would see the tracks on the carpet, she would call all the boys down, look on all of us, which one of you did it? <laughs> Isn't that the best
0: story about a mother's love
1: in the world?
2: The world? Yeah. And, the best, and the best part about it is, brothers being brothers, none of us would admit to it, so we would <laughs> We would all get in trouble. (laughs) Are we ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah, when our
0: audience came in here, they threw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are roundabouts, computer games, Baron Trump, drones, dreams, walking track interestingly, uh, Shiraz, nurses, Eurovision, siblings, Richard, mums, banks, and music.
2: I find Eurovision siblings sounds like an excellent topic. <laughs> Any of those fill you with fear? Well, you know what? I do not. I've never. I don't understand wine, so I'm not exactly sure how I would deal with Shiraz. But I will. I will look at you mm. and assume that I would just through yeah. osmosis pick up <laughs> some knowledge. I, I could breathe on you, no, and no. that would. <laughs> Round and round and round it goes. Where it
0: stops, nobody knows. Today's topic on the Wheel of Death for Tommy
2: Dean is siblings. Oh. So you've just done your siblings. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Crossed some old material here, but this is, uh, you know, this is my favourite thing uh, about, I, mean, I suppose with siblings, the greatest argument is uh, nature versus nurture. Uh, so it's very interesting that uh, I'm, I'm the oldest of four boys in my family, and, uh, and, <laughs> and if, seriously, if you were to put us in a the lineup, uh, there's no way you would know that. Uh, we don't look alike, we don't sound alike, we don't act alike, we are not politically alike. We don't even like the same snacks. Like my mom, like one of our uh, favorite, not favorite, one of our co- most common traditions at Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, is a dish called green bean casserole. Uh, so imagine uh, green beans and puke <laughs> mixed together with crispy onions on top. Oh. Is a can? Well, it's not out of a can. Well, oh. i totally out of a can. <laughs> it's canned green beans with cream of mushroom soup mixed up oh. and then a can of fried Brilliant. onions. And then you... He called it baking. We called it heating till a pure level of body temperature.
0: So when, when, anyway, uh, when, uh, when President Obama said, yes, we can, it was actually cooking can. instructions.
2: Yes, we can. That's right. Exactly right. But we, she, but the only one of the one of us liked it. Dennis loved it, and he also grew up to guard the president. So that's number two. I? So here's the idea: is that I uh, worked into a world of entertainment, uh, show business, and uh, financial insecurity forever. <laughs> um, my second brother, Dennis. Uh, he is a uh, lifelong either He retired with distinction from the U.S. Army, 24 years of military service, uh, four tours of Iraq, uh, then retired, took exactly one week off, and then joined the United States uh, Secret Service. So he is a member of the Uniformed Division of the Secret Service.
0: Hey, Tommy, uh, not so secret. No, no, uh, no. No, you've told Dennis his name. I think I mentioned this
2: earlier a few weeks ago. When Mike, when Mike Pence came out to uh, visit uh, Australia, my brother was not allowed the detail because I live here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's like a protocol in place that suggested that maybe he might, you know, open a door so that I could go in and say hi. I don't know <laughs> what I would do to Mike Pence?
0: I think the protocol yeah, is. Yeah. I think
2: the per- protocol is particular to you. I think it was. I think might have mean? He's going to make fun of us again. No comics. That's <laughs> um, interesting. Uh, and then my uh, third brother, what he has done with most of his life is uh, snowboard and smoke pot. Uh, he and I are the closest related. <laughs> like in intellectual. So he's a member of the Australian Parliament, Yeah, right? he, has, he has much better balance, and he did stand for council in his city. Uh, we come from a long line of small-town mayors. <laughs> and uh, my cousin, my cousin was a sheriff as well, uh, who famously uh, pulled over my grandfather and gave him a ticket for going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the famous line at all the family reunions is, I warned him three times.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nobody else in the town gets more than two warnings. Pop-up, got four. <laughs> Pay the fine, Pop-up. <laughs> and then uh, my, uh, the twin twins, the stoner is a twin. And uh, the twin brother, what he does is, this. I think this is a perfect twinning, is he works for Coca-Cola. Uh, so, perfect. Really. Um, so we never, we've never paid for that drink our entire lives. Um, in fact, one of the few things I think we all have in common is because I'm in comedy, you get free Coke uh, at gigs. And my brother works for the government, they get free everything. And uh, the stoner uh, he gets coke because he just forgets to pay for it and walks out, and then my brother just gets it because they you know give it to him for free so that 's great that 's our that 's probably the one thing that brings us together is coca cola and dental bills
1: four
2: <laughs> <laughs> things we have in common uh, in fact, one of my favorite my dad uh, actually just had his birthday yesterday, and uh, we had um, he sent out a photo of all the last time we were together was in two thousand and nine when my father got remarried, and all four of us standing together with my father. And I, I wish there was some way to project it in the radio world, but it's such a beautiful picture because it looks, it literally looks like five guys just accidentally put on the same suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they're standing next to each other. Maybe he just put them on again and be like, it looks like some, like, like some sort of evolution of suit wearing. That's all this is. <laughs> <laughs> For JC, but not, there's no reason to suggest it, any, any suggestion they're related. Uh, we're not of the same height. We all have different builds. It's... Uh, uh, it's crazy. Um, so I think, I mean, I think joy, I see it in my kids as well. My kids, uh, it's the same thing, you know, one is intellectual and one is very sporty and then the other one is very moody. And it's, I find it very impossible to understand how seemingly within the same petri dish of influence and environment personality has such amazing ability to mm. shine through. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is I believe that technically we're all aliens. That's what I believe.
1: Mean. <laughs> I think we're just,
2: we're just hosts for some sort of alien force and family is some clever way to keep us surviving until we're able to uh, move out into the world and save over. Uh, but the point of the matter is uh, mom uh, kept us all together through all of that. And uh, even now, as uh, she said in a recent phone call, uh, she's, uh, she worries about us, but she's really more concerned about making sure the church's finances are balanced. Um, so that's what she does now: is uh, she embezzles money from the Protestant Church <laughs> That's not how she puts it. She calls it balancing the book. But I know what she's doing. I've seen her house. There's no way she got that on her pension. <laughs> so anyway, siblings, they in. don't
0: really exist.
2: No, they, no. I, no, no, I don't know that they do. I don't know. I think siblings Meaning just something. mean you know proximity. <laughs> we have a certain proximity, but I don't know what the relationship <laughs> okay. is. Uh, to where we all came from It's magic anyway, the point is magic And happy, happy Mother's Day What do you going to say? Happy yeah. Mother's Day And what an amazing four people You have put into the world Thank you
0: Thank you, Mummy, says Thanks, Tommy uh, Does he die? Does he die? Does, does he live? Yeah. He lives Oh, thank God
2: Thank God it's Friday With Richard Glover
0: so We have Jim Kitts and Tommy uh, right here, here in our TJF studio uh, Now, Mark Latham well, the former Labor leader, has been accused of having relevance deprivation disorder after he decided to join David Lionhelm's Liberal Democrats. Uh, Mr Latham reacting perhaps to the fact that there was a whole week in which he had not been in the headlines. What other syndromes and disorders have you spotted affecting various other Australians to hear?
4: Uh, Yes, well, that's a real disease. Um, uh, Lara Bingle, she suffers from the Marry Rich Men Not Work Again syndrome.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: marry Rich Men Not Work Again syndrome. Yes, 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 a it's a terrible disease picked up disease. by um, recently by Mines by... are
2: open now, please donate.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well this disease, Tommy, you may have seen has been picked up also by Bryn Edelston. Uh, Gabby Greco. In fact, anyone who's been ever dated or married Dr Edelson. uh, (laughs) Ironic, isn't it? Very ironic. Um, Nick Curios suffering from I think I'm more important than what people think I am syndrome. (laughs) Lloyd agree? Really, Nick, just hit the ball. We don't really care. Um, (laughs) I speak for all Australians. I'm I'm, 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 (laughs) sure. Just hit them. yeah. It's, it's tennis. That's all it is. It's tennis. Yeah. Uh, people work in the service industry. Service industry. Many of whom suffer from a syndrome, which affects their sight and their inability to see customers and react. Um, this syndrome is called "It's not my business and I hate my job."
3: And I'll just finish
0: this phone call syndrome. <laughs> what are, What are the syndromes you spotted, Gene?
3: Oh, well, um, when you mentioned Mark Latham, I was thinking of speaking of the people who think they're Napoleon, um, he, he wants to run for the Senate, doesn't he? Which is um, already a home for the differently sane. <laughs> <laughs> If they aren't already on drugs, as senators, he, Lamp- fi- he would
0: fit in very well on the very cross benches. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's right. The very cro- that's right. They're all on drugs anyway, and if they they should try some really cool antipsychotics. I think those senate <laughs> people, anyway. All I think all politicians um, seem to have the what the f- uh, sorry the WTF. <laughs> and Lily- Ooh. the I freaking nearly said. Oh, hang on. Um,
4: what did su- the I say Gene, the one letter thing today. One I letter. know one
3: let- they, I Trucking! Think-
4: <laughs> Trucking? Lucking. Frocking. Frocking. Locking? Frocking. Frocking. I love this game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, they have the WTF polling disorder where they are so intent on how they're going in the polls. They forget why they're going like that in the polls and that's because of their ATM disorder where they treat the public as a fast and efficient source of ready cash and they don't think we'll notice. Anyway, meanwhile, back at home, there's the, I don't know whether you call it the empty nest syndrome or the virtual or augmented empty nest syndrome and that's where the kids have actually moved back home but um, they don't know uh, mum and dad are there. Because they're plugged into this and they're texting that, and they're actually living with their invisible friends on Facebook. And even though mum and dad are right there, the young ones still get separation anxiety, which is when they briefly lose Wi Fi <laughs> and they start following their iPhones around the house, you know, like a water diviner following his wires. And anyway, this leads mum and dad to develop a severe case of Mark Latham syndrome where we think the kids are listening to us when they really don't give a rat, which is what you were saying, Tahir. So the circle is complete. It's become like a
2: code. It's like a code in our house. Like, uh, you have to like read subtext into it. All the children are teenagers. You just have to add more to the sentence, I think, to get more satisfaction as a parent. Like, like mostly the main question I'm asked by each of them is, what's for dinner? But I hear them actually saying It is so good of you father to provide for
1: us
2: (laughs) We are so proud that you have parlayed What little talent you have into just enough money To give us food (laughs) Thank you so very much father We love you And the other one is Uh, And why couldn't we have been born by Uncle Dennis (laughs) Where's the charger That's the other one Where's the the (laughs) Coca-Cola It's canned food
0: Hey, uh, who were the winners and losers? Oh, can I say, well, yeah, I've
2: so, only okay, really got one joke. Okay, okay. It's so good. Uh, I think uh, this is uh, almost all of politics at the moment suffers deeply from what I call uh, oral sphincter invertus. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, they are all talking out of their ass. <laughs> I have winners and losers. Jean Kitson.
3: Um, oh, well, the winners of the day are... Well, see, in the budget, isn't there a train track that's going to go from Melbourne to Brisbane? Yes. So the winners of the day are anyone who wants to go from Melbourne to Brisbane by train. <laughs> <laughs> Monorail, Assuming Monorail, they don't already Monorail, live Monorail, in Brisbane. Monorail. And the losers are them too because it won't happen for 30 years. <laughs> they might as well get a French submarine, really. So <laughs> I
4: uh, the winner of not not the week but the day are the nurses in recognition. So um, yeah. a, a big uh, shout out it's, to it's them. A, it's the na- It's the
0: International Nurses Day. No, yeah. That is that, so the yeah. winners Great of the week nurses.
4: and the loser of the week are the banks and then us. <laughs> <laughs> We join them.
2: (laughs) Tell me, winners and losers. Uh, The winner of the week, of course, we already discussed it, obviously the nurses, but more than importantly, the mothers, the mothers who are the nurses of the families of this planet. Well done, mothers. Please enjoy your day. Up until noon. After that, the footy comes on and it's back in the (laughs) middle. As a mother, you understand. And the loser. And I find this weird, you know, it's weird sometimes to think about living in Australia for 25 years and, uh, and things that have been a part of my life for so long that I didn't even think about them anymore, but... Uh, the loss of Mark Colvin, yeah. um, and I just never really, he was at the voice, that he, his time, PM, was always on when I leave here, it was always the voice of me driving to work and getting to places, and uh, no voice, him and Tony Delroy are the two voices that sit most uh, in my ABC ear for the time frames that they were on, and uh, now to have neither of them in my ear strikes me odd.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And he made us feel clever listening mm, to him. Very clever. Yeah,
0: farewell to Mark Colvin. Um, farewell to uh, TJF for another week. Please thank Gene and Tommy Dean, and Tahir. Yeah. Thanks for being part of it. Uh, next week, we've got Jennifer Wong, Tommy Dean, and Gary Eck. Music from Baby et Lulu. I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday! Yeah.